don't know what the fuck we're doing, this is Master Shot. My name is Alina. And this is Eddie. We're sitting here at the Grindhouse Films, enjoying our popcorn, sipping our soda, enjoying the beautiful horror ploitation films. Horror ploitation. So what is that? Is that like exploitation films? It's exploitation films with a lot of horror elements such as killing, gore, and a lot of sex. And some occasional drug use. You know, gotta smoke the reefer and then get killed by a mass fucking kill serial killer. Alright, so if any of you don't really know what horror ploitation is, a few movies that go under this category is The Cannibal Holocaust, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, House of a Thousand Corpses, Last House on the Left, and The Hills Have Eyes. Um, all pretty notable movies, but there's so many out there uh, from even, I think it's, it goes as far back as like the 1920s, which is like kind of impressive. Uh, but I have here is like an exploitation film. It usually is a very low budget and made to exploit or take advantage of trends and like Eddie said, such as sex, violence, and gore. It's All the fun stuff. <laughs> it's usually presented in independent cinemas, typically considered trashy films, and before shown especially in grindhouses. They uh, say trashy, I say artistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the grindhouses, which if any of you for some reason don't know what those are, are the American theaters that were made to show exploitation films, again, back in, like, 1923, named after the grind policy. Uh, and if any of you Ooh. theater nerds are out there, I'm pretty sure you know what this means. But if not, that is basically uh, a sales and budgeting, like, way that the movies had It's pretty much a started. fancy... And fun way to say a double feature, they play the movie back-to-back. -back. Well, they play two separate movies, I believe. And you can, but for one ticket price. Yes, and over time, they actually increase the prices for the same movie, which is also kind of giving us the same idea of what we see now as the matinee showings versus the later showings that, I don't know, it seems like they double their prices. Bastards. <laughs> That's just them not only doubling the ticket prices, but also the price of the goddamn popcorn. That's the movie industry trying to just starve us out. I want my popcorn. It's going to be $12. Shit. Well, maybe eventually it'll go down. All right. Never. So, but uh, <laughs> this. <laughs> not in this lifetime. The exploitation films and horror, it is loosely, uh, it is a term that is loosely defined and more based on viewer perception and can change over time. For instance, which I didn't know this, is Night of the Living Dead used to be a exploitation film. Damn, so, I did like, not. I mean, the thing is that you would assume the grandfather of zombie movies is would not be an exploitation film that goes See, to show how why. how it spans so much though yeah but that is why it's not an exploitation film anymore yeah that does make sense so in that case then 
Return of the Living Dead would possibly be considered an exploitation film? That would definitely be an exploitation film. Nice. All right. Gotta love it. I love that movie. So not only does time really have an effect on exploitation films, but also the culture. It has so many things uh, that can affect whether or not it is a horror exploitation film, as there's been some films that have been considered like more of an art film over in Europe. While mm-hmm. if it was also released here in America, it would be a horror exploitation film. Yep. Right? So it really also just depends on where you are and the way that your culture sees different things. So what's taboo in one place is not taboo in another. Exactly. Uh, gotta love it. You know, it's the it's what we learn in anthropology in high school as the uh, theory of relativity. You gotta love it. <laughs> the one thing that I did keep from high school, which is weird. Like that that's pretty random, honestly. It it really is. I, I could probably think of all the other things that I probably should remember, like uh how to do a what what the fuck is that uh math problem where it's like in order? You don't know how to do a math problem in order? Well no, it's the one with the parentheses and then you got the timetables, you got the division, and then there's something See, else in I'm there. I'm pretty sure you know? that's just like really social media fucking you up. Probably. I that and if I opened up a book it probably would help a lot too. And you know, you just gotta remember Pindas. Pindas. Parentheses. Okay, yeah, yeah. Parentheses. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Whatever. I'll figure it out later on. All right. So <laughs> also <never>. used <laughs> most likely. Uh, also used to exploit uh, news events. Uh, that's what exploitation films really do. Uh, the studios typically wouldn't do like a higher budget for these films, mainly to maintain the respectability and their mainstream reputations. And the fact uh, that these are very, like you said, controversial. And yes, just I mean, they'd have to go out on a limb, and you're putting they're putting their name out there, and hoping that it makes money. I mean, in all actuality, they would rather go on a sequel or something that's already established than on something that's a controversial topic on top of being a unique idea, I would say. You know, some of these movies have very unique premises. I wouldn't say bad premise, just very unique and kind of outlandish oh, werewolf yes. bikers i mean uh with a lot of these ones like it again it has the horror aspect but it includes sex violence gore and even drug abuse and a lot of these films they just don't hold back despite having a lower budget a lot of them just go ahead and show so much more than any other like more mainstream films, uh, they it's almost like they really don't care what type of rating they have or anything. They're gonna make what it is that they want to make, whatever it is that they're gonna produce, like without any regard to the audience. They are gonna make the movie that they want, and you're gonna watch it. Exactly, and that's why I feel like they're artists. And I mean, that's the closest thing to being an artist is because they're pretty much painting this picture. Because they want to paint that fucking picture, not because somebody's telling them to paint that picture specifically. That's a unique, that's an individual idea that ends up becoming a collective. 
Uh, I feel like almost like any and every director needs to at least make one exploitation film, even if it's not in horror, just something. I don't know. I feel like that just kind of shapes off the rest of being like held with the studios so well, tightly. And it, it gives them free reign to just explore their creativity without the means. And it kind of makes it more raw in, in a way, as far as a film goes. You know, just kind of disregarding, like, okay, how much is this film going to make? Like, are we going to be able yeah, to, like, there's no, double the not, profit or something? Like, no. It's not like, for financial gain. It's literally just for the love your story of the out movie. There. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the beauty of exploitation films, even though most people probably wouldn't see that as beauty, but I do. Exactly. I so, you know, we've been talking about horror exploitation films uh, for a little bit now. Uh, let's go ahead and get into a couple of the subgenres, and I know oh, one of them yes. is the cannibal films. Oh, and they're, yes. They were very popular in the 70s and 80s by Italian and Spanish movie makers, but I know that there have been so many that have come out over the years. Um, what are a few of the movies you think well, would be Well, first considered? of all, the, the granddaddy of all cannibal movies and probably one of my favorite of the cannibal movies. I can't say my favorite of all time, but as far as like all genres, but my favorite cannibal movie <laughs> is cannibal Holocaust. Fucking awesome. Uh, very brutal. Um, there's a lot of scenes of rape, which is kind of a, a, again, part of that taboo subject. And a lot of people, um, uh, it kind of shows, the whole purpose of it is to show that what we think is wrong in our society is, they don't, they have a different perspective as far as that goes, uh, that Western civilization thinks that we're the maintained ones, we're the ones that, you know, know what's going on, while the, the more uh, primitive society is doing things wrong. And it kind of actually flips that because it shows that uh, the documentary uh, team that goes out there are actually fucking with the, the tribes people and are actually doing worse shit than the tribes people. And the tribes people are actually kind of fighting back. So it kind mm -hmm. of shows that Western uh, imperialism trying to get in. But then, you know, that old school way, it, it still shows they're trying to cling on to their society, their their beliefs as well. So it, it, it shows, it, it has a lot of political, um, how would you say, like a political background underlining mm -hmm. uh, theme to the movie, which is really good, you know. So uh, I know a couple like uh, different facts that have come with this movie. Uh, and like you said, this does have a very strong political uh, background. It mm. is incredibly brutal. And Very. there's this one crazy fact that 10 days after premiering in Milan, the film was seized by the courts and mm -hmm. the director, uh, Ruggiero Diotto, again, I, I don't know how to fully say his name. Uh, yes. <laughs> he was Very. actually arrested and charged with obs obscenity. Yeah. Well, they thought he actually killed the crew. They were really there was they went into court and they the the actors were actually they had to sign waivers to say that they weren't allowed to be 
uh, public or go to pu- go in public for I I don't know how many number of years or something like it was a it was a certain amount of time. Uh, I think it was after the premiere of the movie, like the the world premiere or something like that. And he they actually had to come out of hiding because he was facing real charges. This man was about to be put in jail because of this movie, which was completely based off fiction. However, though, he did get fined because there was a lot of animal cruelty as far as the turtle, yes. uh, so the turtle even, scene, the infamous turtle scene. Uh, and even like, and even though the crew was okay, yes, there was the animal slaughterings in the movie all were real, which again, which made the movie ruthless. banned in its na- in the, uh, Italy, which is yeah. It's an Italian movie, so it, that's like really crazy. That's saying and something. like, and basically, like, from the crew possibly being killed, the animals being killed, it was just noted as a snuff film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, when you watch the movie, it does have a feel of that just because, you know, just the way that it, it is, you know, and, and of course, with the, the very vicious scenes that they have. You know, and it it definitely does not pull any punches throughout that whole movie. Um, but, again, it's weird how that part, I mean, they didn't like that part of the movie, but what only stuck was the animal cruelty, which, you know, when you see the turtle get killed, you're like, holy shit, there's no way that can be faked. And to be honest, I didn't know that a turtle inside a turtle shell looked like that because I always only knew the Ninja Turtles and they were Ninja Turtles of the half shell. So you get to see a full shell. Just saying. Pretty wild. Yes, I've seen quite a few images of that poor turtle in the recent like. Yeah, it's not fun. No, it is not. He did not have a good time. He probably wouldn't like this movie as much as I like this movie. Definitely. Uh, I'm also a really big fan of Turtles. I'm not enjoying this at all whatsoever. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not a fun scene. To be honest, I could do without that scene, but I could see why he put it in the movie. Just because he had already killed some type of mole rat or possum or something like that. And, I mean, that was pretty brutal itself. But, I mean, you know... That movie made such an impact, though, on that genre that uh, years late, well, I guess 2016, 17, they did The Green Inferno. Don't quote me. I don't know when the movie was made. I watched the movie, but I know that it came out fairly recently, and it was literally, it, it, it was paying homage to Cannibal Holocaust. It had a lot of similarities. And some scenes actually kind of felt like it was taken from that movie or it could have been in Cannibal Holocaust at some point in time. And uh, it just goes to show that, you know, it it did have an impact on even more mainstream because Eli Roth was the one who directed Green Inferno. And he's a very popular director amongst just horror fans in general. I mean, he did the Hostel movies and uh, Cabin Fever and stuff like that. So, I mean... He's a big name guy, but it was more of a higher budget, so it did kind of also play in that part. But it's no, I wouldn't consider it an exploitation film since yeah, I guess it, it does did have a higher fall budget. short, but it does look like Green Inferno did come out in 2013. Um, oh, way off three years, okay. <laughs> well, it seemed it seemed a lot later than that, but all right. 
right. and they also did make a few more though. I will briefly mention Cannibal Flock Fox Fox. I don't know. F A U X. Uh, foe. Foe. Yes, Cannibal Foe. I don't know why uh, Cannibal Fox. Uh, and and a few other ones. Um, I can't remember at the moment in time. I don't know if you. I don't know if you got them down. Uh, so I don't believe that I have that exact information, but it does look like there have been um a six unofficial sequels to Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I mean, and that just goes to show. I mean, you know, it did have a very big impact in in that genre. So check it out if you haven't watched it. I mean, if you have a strong stomach. If not, and you yes. like turtles, again, warning: don't watch there's it. actual animal slaughtering in this movie. Yeah, still a good All movie. Right. But so, and it is an Italian movie, which kind of leads into our next subgenre, which oh, is yes. the giallo films, uh, which are very popular in Italy. They are very uh, exaggerated, and like they ha- definitely bring that shocking element to these movies. And they are usually about uh, brutal crimes, eroticism, and searching for killers. Um, All the fun seen, things. Uh, this is also seen in American and British films. Uh, such as Psycho, and then of course there's uh, in Ita- the Italian uh, is the uh, Mario Bava's The Girl Who Knew Too Much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the cool thing about Mario Bava is that he was actually the guy who mentored Dario Argento, which still is one of my favorite directors, to George A. Romero. Uh, and just really great genre of films and you can see the influence that it had in in american slasher movies such as uh like you said uh psycho um there's fucking friday the 13th even probably has some of that elements to it uh halloween john carpenter actually mentioned you know he was he was a really big fan of of dario argento I, i believe that most horror directors actually do pay a lot of homage to him just because he had such a big influence he was so artistic with his films i mean from the vivid colors and everything like that and just the the fact that it was all based around an art form and that that goes hand in hand with exploitation films in general is that it's just literally them making whatever they see as whatever's appealing to them and then in turn they they're so confident in that that it actually makes you enjoy it and you can see their vision with them and it, it makes you appreciate it a lot more. And the Jalo films are very, very good with that. I, I love, I love them as far as Italian and foreign films. I think the Jalo films probably take the cake. Yeah. Uh, I definitely enjoy the Italian horror movies almost mm. more than any other kind of like foreign horror movies. Uh, Mario Bava is pretty much like the, uh, granddaddy of the Jalo films. Yes, uh, yes. He definitely has this huge inspir like had provided this huge inspiration for uh, Dario Argento, which then translates into so many of the more modern uh, slasher movies, like Eddie did say. Yeah. Like, yeah. And a lot of the slasher movies are also considered horror exploitation films. Yeah, and I mean, you you can't go wrong. When you have just a good triangular shape of 
things that's going on. You got the drugs, you got the violence, and you got the sex. I mean, <laughs> you can't go wrong in the movie industry when you have those three. As as far as horror movies and exploitation and horror exploit or horror exploitation, it just goes hand in hand. I mean, that's See, that's that's that the greatness. Just, that just completely reminds me of like basically those like horror slasher movie like rules that it's like mm-hmm. the people who are being killed there's always like you know that like there's a lead character that stays alive there's the first two that are shown in the movie that always die there's yep. uh the stoner the, that gets stabbed yes or, and then yeah. of course there's also the like non-virgins who are always killed like the virgin the, never usually dies. first yeah yeah usually the virgin lives which you know we would probably all die. <laughs> well, yeah. I and would then probably also, be the first if one you, to go. <laughs> if you start saying really stupid things like, you know, oh, I'll be right back, or hello? The infamous, Is yes. there? <laughs> <laughs> the, like, the term curiosity you're, you're killed the cat. That's, that's, <laughs> that, goes, that goes with horror films in general. Slasher films especially. Never say, oh, I'm going to check that out. Oh, what's that noise? Let me go see. That's it. <laughs> Then you'll see. You'll see what the what's making the noise. But will you come <laughs> back? No. No, you won't. Who knows? Maybe you won't end up seeing it and you're just dead. All of a sudden, you're just being dragged into a lake. Like, yep. And dismembered. Yeah. In the water. Yeah. Ooh. Gotta love it. <laughs> All right. What's, what, 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 what's the next genre? We got vigilante films. Which yes, are and vigilante exploitation. Yes. Uh, I definitely, like, I feel like these ones are the more serious of yes. all Uh They the are a punch to the stomach and then a kick to the groin. Yes, because this is, uh, you know, again, vigilante. And it's definitely pushing the limits of film, just in general. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the formula here for it is the rape revenge, which, of course, is a person who is unfortunately raped left to die, recovers, and then goes, gets revenge. In some cases, they actually do die and come back. Yes. And that's probably the most intense ones. And just because... Very epic. Very. <laughs> very yes. epic. But if like, you want to watch films, one that is like that, Avenged is a very good one to watch. Yes, and these films are usually really graphic. These are the ones that really, they, they don't do hold not back. Away. They don't no. shy away. They are not going to leave anything to the imagination. They keep the camera on. And yeah, the whole time. Even when you're hoping that they change the camera or something changes to the point to where you're like, uh, wasn't there like some old lady in, in another building, you know, making tea? Can you can you cut to that, please? Let's, <laughs> let's not see the brutalness that's going on right now. Let me watch the old yeah. lady making tea. I know there's you know. also, there's been actresses that they've needed to see grief counselors after filming and all that kind of stuff because, well, like, it has been Well, because they're in so the intense. mindset of that. They have to, I mean, at that point, the, the, the director is pretty much telling them, be in this mindset, and you have to, you, I mean, when you're watching the movie, they literally are in that moment, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it, like, it, it's, as it's, an audience member, I feel violated. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's imagine so actually being like the actors and actresses, and even just like the crew members there. It's just like, oh, you know what? I'm I a mean, little uncomfortable. You, yeah. How do you? How do you guys talk? Like, like, what's the what's the water tank 
talk after that. You know, the office, <laughs> when they have the little water, water, uh, what is it, water fountain or whatever it is, you know, how are you going to talk to somebody who you just filmed a scene where they were just brutally taking you out? Like, they were just, they were just going to town on you, and you're like, oh, so, uh, yeah, my ears are still that? ringing. Like, you know, she yeah. just kept on screaming right, like, just right there. <laughs> How's those Mets? How's, I mean, you know, what, what do you do at that point? Where, how do you, what's the conversation starter? You know, you, you're, you're just, you're looking at the person who on camera was violating you. I mean, you know, it's, it's really rough. Uh, it's a rough, it's a rough situation for both parties because I'm pretty sure whoever was doing it probably wasn't wanting to, but that's what he's getting paid for. Yes, and uh, a few movies that I can remember is the I Spit on Your Grave, I think it is yes. called. Uh, those ones, they get pretty intense, and there's three of them. I yes. don't understand why. It is legitly the same girl. And Why the fuck is she not moved? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I believe the third one is about her actually going to a like group therapy for rape victims, and she basically then like goes out and starts killing the people who raped her like new friends. Whoa! So, so she's like it is a, it she's is a like little the different. she's instead of the Terminator, she's like the Rapinator. Like she's just killing, she's just killing the the rapees or the rapers. Yeah, the, the pretty, rapers, but the Rapinator yes. really. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, that just seems like you know. She's just going, I'll be back for you. Oh, God. <laughs> She's just listening to the stories. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's wild. It's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, also another movie that's really good, is a, which is a very popular one in this genre, is Last House on the Left. Yes. Which is a very good movie. I mean, the original one is really good, and even the remake is actually really good as well. You know, and that's very rare for movies that are being that are remade you know it's it's not so often that you can actually enjoy both of them and say i like the original one as much as the new one and uh they're both do not shy away even in the newer one you would think you know they kind of hold back some punches and they still show it and it's pretty brutal you know it, it might i i don't know if it's as intense as the original one it's been a while since i've seen the original one but Anytime that scene, anytime those scenes are going on, you're always kind of cringing and you're just kind of hoping that it just ends soon. I mean, and I think that's part of that feeling is that you're, you know, if I mean, I don't, I don't know because it's never happened, but I'm assuming, you know, you're just, you're, you're. In I think her you're position. just really, yeah, you're very much sharing this person. Yeah, it's a shared experience. experience. Yeah, and exactly. you're you're just the entire time you're rooting for the victim, like you just want them to get out of this situation. Also, mm -hmm. kind of selfishly, like so you can get out of this situation. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, it's very crazy how that goes. But uh, yeah, it's a very it's a very visceral feeling, a very visceral genre of movies. Yeah, it's know. definitely very heavy. It is. Uh, the vigilante films are definitely the more serious, and again, they are not not going to shy away from like yeah. the brutality so, of if, these films if you are planning on watching any of these movies be prepared because yeah, you're gonna see some shit not, that you probably don't want to see yeah these are not to be taken lightly yes. but so let's go ahead and continue here so uh basically filmmakers are just cashing in on trending topics that is 
pretty much the mm-hmm. theme. Uh, it's all to, a financial thing. It, in the end. Yeah, like I mean, it's low budget films, and they just hopefully make they just hope to make a good profit. Like, well, the it's, it's a gamble. Possible. It's it's probably a it, it's a gamble in the film industry. It's that's the equivalent to going to the roulette table and hoping it lands on black. You know, yes. and you got all your chips there. Yeah. So always bet on black. Uh, so many different like there's just so many different topics that have gone over the years. I mean, there's been uh, a lot of times that the monsters in uh, the mm-hmm. horror exploitation films have popped up, and like you know, we really start from like you know where there's Godzilla, then we have the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, and yep. like we, uh, we tarantulas, the tarantula yes. movies, Ooh, spiders, about all those. that stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, if if you don't like spiders, I'm a very believer. I do not. I hate spiders. Um, and when I watch those movies, it is just it it's scary. It, it yes. that that literally makes me check under my bed, and then also hit my bed with a tennis racket to make sure that if there is any spiders hiding, I'm taking care of them before I jump in the bed. Yeah, and, sp- and then eat some more. Not- they're, they're, they're not good. I had one just, like, fall into my car earlier today. It was the size of, like, the tip of a pen, and I still freaked out. So, spiders are not Shit, not okay, no. especially when they're, like, the size of a car. Like, no, well, I'm good. I'll go I've had, away. I've had, a, a, I've had a quarter-sized spider crawling on my arm one time when I was, when I was just standing you, outside. You had, was... a, you had a spider the size of a boot out on your front porch. So That's I don't true. want to hear about a quarter size spider. That's true. But so again, going back to Godzilla <laughs> and everything, like yes, Godzilla he has great. popped up and Gamera so too. Many. Gamera is also another one that came out around that time too. Uh, oh God, destroy all monsters. I guess that's still a Godzilla flick, you know. But it has all the Gamora. Is it Gamora, the three headed one? No, I don't know. Hydra, no. I don't know. It's Mothra, like Ghidorah. I, or, I yeah. believe it's Ghidorah. Ghidorah, probably. I there's so many us, Ruz. Are they Ruz? <laughs> they all end in A. That's that's why I know for sure. Yeah. You're right. Like, yes, I was right. I was all right. right. Well, like well, as per our editor, right. I am right. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> well, you know, I got Mothra right though. Mothra was correct. Mothra, yeah. Yeah. Which is right. not probably one of the least scariest monsters in that whole like Godzilla franchise. Well, she's the queen of monsters. And I mean a giant moth moths don't even hurt anybody in the first place. So they're not very she she has a pokey tail. She what does. the hell? Yeah, and she like stabs through people. Oh. Yeah. And she also spits out web. She's a pretty badass like monster and she will what? sacrifice herself to save Godzilla because like you know that's her boo. What? Yeah. See this is all this is all I didn't know there was a romance in Godzilla. That I don't mean makes it, it like, more touching. And the more it, it kind of humanizes kind of humanizes uh Godzilla in a way. I mean maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he's just misunderstood. Godzilla isn't a bad guy though like he like the story with Godzilla is that you know he's gonna destroy what he needs to destroy my thing but, is like how many how many small 
cardboard buildings did they destroy with little miniature people? A very lot of them. All those little I know, like, you know, cardboard cutouts. It's had such cut a, de- a detrimental effect on cardboard buildings. Yeah, well, well, yeah so many I casualties. Mean, I mean, how are they going to get their boxes? Yeah, I guess you're going to be just like, you know, stuck. You're not moving. <laughs> you're not going nowhere. <laughs> no, no. I, I need some for my house. That's why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. So let's see. <laughs> Let's see here. So, uh, take it oh. over to Mockbusters. Yes, which are of course still low budget films. Like we like that is pretty much the going theme right now. They're and ripoffs. All I was gonna say based off ripoff of. They're the generic brand. You know how you have Frosted Flakes and then you got uh, Sugar Flakes. <laughs> these movies are the sugar flakes. Yeah. These are <laughs> these are literally just the worst possible tie-ins that you can get. Like yeah, they are Walmart brand. So yes. Very uh, and much I'm pretty so. sure you could probably get so many of these movies in those like Walmart bins for like two, three dollars over yeah. there. Like yeah. And if you're paying uh, for these movies, uh you should definitely reconsider your life. Cause they <laughs> But the Mockbusters, like, they basically take the basis of the film, uh, they, like, the entire kind of structure of it, and then they put, like, their own little twist on it. You know, they change some of the names, they... Snakes on the train. (laughs) Atlantic, uh... Atlantic Rim, Rim instead of Pacific. How clever is that? That you got the Atlantic and Pacific Rim. Oh, wow. Uh, So clever. So clever. They should have named it the Gulf Rim. That would have been a good one. <laughs> I'm like the Mexican that Gulf Rim. That. That would, that would, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the, the uh that's gonna be a trilogy. See. Oh my goodness. There's just so there's just so many. Just so many. And it's basically like it's turning into something that it's not. It is so low budget, like in it is really just mocking the original movie. Uh, there's really no way, like, there's no way that you can take these movies seriously. I no. don't understand how also the movie, like, the directors and the producers themselves can also take it seriously. There's no way that it they, can be. They they literally are able to copy a premise and 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 deliver it without any legal repercussions because of the name All the change. Names are changed. <laughs> very slightly, very slightly, and it but is just so slightly enough, just enough to where they can slip through the cracks and and put out this this what I would say nonsense. See, but, but I feel like it also like they're still more fun ones, to watch. Yeah, but like even though they are so still very close to the original name, it kind of sheds a little bit of light on the original movie. So, in a yeah. way, like, it still is advertising mm-hmm. for the original movie. Yeah. I think that's another reason why they can kind of get away with it as well. Because, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, whether it's bad or good. And these movies definitely are probably on the bad side. Oh, they're definitely on the bad side. I, yes. I don't know. I, I really can't think of a single one that, like, I mean, Transmorphers. Jeez. Like, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, I've seen that one actually. It's like literally like they took the Transformers and then like made it the then added like some Power Ranger elements to it and was just it was a mixing pot of just fuckery. Because, I mean, like, you know, we have the Morphin Power Rangers. We have Transformers. So we got the Transmorphers. Yes. Very, very original. Lovely. Keep it up, guys. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so, but speaking about Mockbusters, it just makes me think about all of the, like, sci-fi movies. Yes. CGI and... exploitation. Yes. Lovely. and. Uh, a lot of the horror, like, exploitation films, all that we mentioned, you're usually able to catch on sci-fi all yes. the time. Like, that is, uh, like, basically, like, they are just a horror exploitation network. Uh, yes. Some of the best ones, too, of my childhood, I probably would say. Unfortunately, you know. yes. Like, it definitely made us a huge fan of like all of these movies. Yes. I mean I, between I the shark ploitation, non ploitation, and the CGI ploitation. I mean like we have a piranha aconda. Per, per, piranha piranha conda. There we go. Piranha conda. Like what? Did, did you even see the shark shark Yes. <laughs> it, I mean if we have if a dino you, shark. We have a dino shark. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they have the Meg. They might as well have dino shark. You know? I mean, yeah. And I mean, they have, uh, man, that actually looks kind of creepy. Uh, the dino shark looks <laughs> basically like this, like, reptilian, reptilian piranha. It doesn't even mm. look like a shark to me, like, at all whatsoever. But I mean, like, uh, going back to when we were younger and everything, they had, uh, like, Lake Placid. And yes. everything. I'm a huge fan of that movie. They have gotta Tremors. love the crocodile. I love well, that Tremors movie. Tremors is amazing. I, I mean, love that I, movie. So I mean, much. I could still watch that movie to this day and enjoy it. I mean, and you think about it, Kevin Bacon's a very notable actor, and he's in this movie that you probably. I mean, he's in some horror movies, but this is like, this is definitely one of the the movies that you you wouldn't have, have expected him to be in. Because it's not a very serious movie. Not, isn't, isn't he in, like, the first Friday the 13th? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah, he's yeah, one of the camp him. counselors. Yeah. Yeah, he did stab yeah. through the neck. Yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Kevin Bacon should have seen that one coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, with his, like, fancy footing and everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he'd he, be able yeah. to, like, pure, like... Was he the one in Flashdance, or what was that movie? Dirty Dancing? No, no, no that was, uh, that's Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Flashdance? It's called Footloose. Footloose, that's the one. Okay, all right, Footloose, yeah. He was definitely had a loose foot after. make me break out into singing in a moment. Man, he should have he uh, taken that Footloose training and danced his way out of the out of the way of that knife. Yeah, and then, like, you know, also on sci-fi, one of the biggest ones that I feel like people know is Sharknado. Oh, yes. This movie is so bad, it's good. I mean, just just a terrible movie, but for some reason, you cannot turn away, and you have to watch it. Yeah, I've and only that- seen the first one, and honestly, like... the. The only reason why I stopped watching it was because, like, I had to go leave and do something. Like, I was actually very invested in the movie. And the entire time, I, I was just talking major shit to myself. Like, why are you watching this? Like, my thing there's is, no reason. My thing is, they say Sharknado, 
But wouldn't it be a shark tsunami? Sharkonami? Because it's in the water. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a geologist or a meteorologist but I mean, like, or a sharkologist. <laughs> I just assume that, you know, See, be but a, it would not, be a tsunami. Not a, but it's not a tsunami because that's just one big wave. Okay, all right. I would think all it right. would be like a shark hurricane. Okay, Sharknado. You know? You got you, shark, Sharkacane? Sharkacane. There we go. That, see, but see, that doesn't sound as cool as shark tornado, exactly. Sharknado, though. Sharknado. But shark Sharkacane, I don't know. Sharkacane still sounds like it could possibly catch on eventually. If you have the right audience, anybody who's going to watch Sharknado might tune in for shark Sharkacane. I think they will. Sci-fi, I'm pitching it to you right now. Take it or leave it. Go ahead. I don't even need money from it. Just make the movie. You can. I, I can get the money from it. Sharkacane. You Shark heard Paris here. Yes, right here, right here. UFO projects. Master shot. Master shot. We're we're taking it. We're taking it to you. See that sci-fi. We're taking it to you. Um, but before we go ahead and uh, wrap this up, like we really got to talk about that CJ CGI and like all that with the sci-fi. The the beautiful. Low budget CGI computer graphics. Ugh, it, I just it is, cringe thinking about it. It is absolutely. I mean, let's say the let's worst say thing. PlayStation One. Should we say PlayStation One or PlayStation Two? Are we going bold enough to say PlayStation Two version of graphics? I don't know. I actually really enjoy PlayStation Two graphics, so I would stick with uh, the PS One. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll agree on PS One because uh, it is god awful. The CGI, most of the time, is just, you can tell that it's CGI. And that's normally what you don't want. That's actually the opposite effect. But I feel like it also helps with that 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 movie, like that genre of movies, because that's exactly before is almost a comedic, uh, comedic vibe, in a yeah. way. So, but yeah, like, I mean... Because it makes it to where it's watchable, unfortunately. Like, because mm. I know, like myself, especially when I was younger, I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of gore. So the CGI gore, like the really crummy CGI gore, I was able to watch like the different movies and like you know see people get like bitten in half and everything because it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yes. Like you swear you could see the green screen behind them. And oh yeah, and like it is just not pretty. See uh, the little hi- highlight around their around their bodies and stuff, where it's like you can tell that they had to crop in the 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 back back effects and everything like that. It's so it's, it's like amazing. if you want to see like the blood and everything like, and not you're not really a huge like I don't know like detailed fan. Yeah. The, the crummy CGI and everything on sci-fi might at least, like, you know, satisfy you a little bit. Just enough. Definitely, definitely will. But, all right. So, but you know what? You could always catch us on Twitter at UFO underscore projects and Instagram at UFO projects for updates on what we're doing. Thank you for listening. My name is Alina. This is Eddie. We're heading back to our home planet because this planet fucking sucks.